you're listening to episode number 14 of the Queen of Your Castle podcast. I am your host, Brittany Lynch, and I am very excited about this episode because this is a very polarizing topic. There's nothing I love like a good hot button topic, such as something like spanking. So this week, I received a question from a somebody who is a fellow stepmom who wanted to know if it is okay if she spanks her stepchildren. So we are going to be exploring what does the research say uh, if you are or if you are not a spanker. There is still a ton of good stuff in here for you to consider. If you would like in the future to submit a question to be answered on an upcoming episode, you can go to the website bit.ly slash queen of your castle. So that is bit.ly slash queen of your castle. The link for that will be in the show notes of this episode. So if you want me to answer a question for you on an upcoming episode, please go to that link and submit your question. Uh, Also, really quickly, I want to ask a huge favor. And if you have not left a review or a rating on the show yet, but you've listened to a few episodes and you are loving what you are hearing, it would mean the absolute world to me if you would take 30 seconds, leave me a rating, leave me a review. Uh, I love podcasting. I love hearing from all of the people who this podcast is getting to all around the world and the way to make sure that more stepmoms and more step families get this message into their ears is if you leave me a rating and a review. So thank you so much for doing that. And let's get in to today's episode. And one more super quick thing before I start the show. If you have never met me or listened to me before, please be warned in advance that I do love the F word probably more than most people. So if you have little ears around you or your sensibilities are offended by the F word, please be warned in advance that I am going to say it a few times throughout this episode. But now for real, let's get into it. Where would you take your life if you knew you could not fail. I get it. As a stepmom, mom, and entrepreneur, sometimes it can feel like what everyone else expects of you versus what you dream about for yourself are on opposite ends of the spectrum. As a woman, you're taught from a very young age what society thinks you're worth based on how you look, how you behave, and how much money you're allowed to bring in. But I'm here to show you that you can be the woman who has it all and not just on the outside. I'm Brittany Lynch, and you are the queen of your castle. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Queen of Your Castle podcast. I am your host, Brittany Lynch. So this week, I'm going to be uh, answering a question that was submitted to me by a stepmom who shall remain anonymous about whether or not it's acceptable as a stepmom to spank her kids or her stepkids. Okay. So the question that she submitted, uh, she says, my husband's two younger kids, ages 13 and 11, have been very lazy and I cannot get them to stay on track with homework or chores. They always have an excuse for everything or throw a fit. And she says, I vent to my husband and tell him the only option is to spank them. I've taken everything away from them and they still continue. 
My husband said he will never spank his kids. Okay. My husband said he will never spank his kids. And their mother says no one will discipline her children except for her and their father. Okay. So her question, she says, my question is, is it okay for me as their stepmom to spank them as punishment? If my husband won't spank them, then they will continue to run the show. That's the end of the question. Uh, so there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to unpack in this question. Okay. So first to the stepmom who submitted this question, I want you to know that I see you. I see your frustration. I sense that you either feel helpless or invisible or maybe like you're at your wit's end or some type of permutation or combination of those feelings. And in my interpretation, you know, I recognize that you're in search of something, whether it's validation that you have a voice or validation that your opinion matters, or maybe, right, maybe you just want to feel like you have a say in your house, right? Maybe you just want a fucking say in your own house. Uh, maybe you just want to feel like you're respected as a parent in your house. Maybe you just want to be considered in decisions about your stepchildren and the way that they're being raised. So from not knowing anything about your situation specifically, it sounds based on your question, like you're probably, you probably just want good things for your stepkids, right? Like you're probably hoping to teach them things like responsibility, personal responsibility. You probably want to teach them that it's important to put effort into their schoolwork, right? And by the sounds of things, it's also important to you that there's some type of structure, some boundaries, some firm expectations, etc. So before I answer your question about whether I think it's okay for a stepmom or anyone for that matter to spank their kids, I want to lay some groundwork as to what are par- what types of parenting styles are there? What type of parenting style might this be? Might someone who spanks their kids be or someone who doesn't spank their kids? What are the styles of parenting? What are the outcomes that kids have from being raised with these specific types of parenting? Okay. So the first type of parenting style is called authoritarian, authoritarian parenting. Okay. Authoritarian parenting has really high expectations with a low amount of love or a low amount of nurture. So for an example, an authoritarian parenting style, the parent would say things like, do this because I said so, because I said so. Okay. They often, authoritarian parents don't often take their kids' feelings into consideration. Um, They don't really take into account how the kid feels, but they just expect the kids to do what they say when they say to do it, period. No negotiation, period. Okay. I'm the boss. So authoritarian parenting styles might work in the short term because discipline, because punishments are so harsh that kids might just conform in the short term to avoid getting in trouble. Okay. Um, But I would invite you to go listen to my podcast episode, episode 10 on living a double life, and you will see why this doesn't work in the long term, why authoritarian parenting doesn't work in the long term, 
Okay. So if you have high expectations and strict punishments and little to no flexibility with your parenting, and you just want your kids to do what you say because you said to do it, then you're probably an authoritarian parent. And like I said, this might work in the short term, Okay. But in the long term, authoritarian parenting sets kids up to be really good liars, okay, to avoid getting into trouble. And authoritarian parenting also causes kids to grow up into really angry adults, you know, and develop really strong resentments to their parents that they have to spend a lot of time working through. Okay, so that's the first style. The second style of parenting is called authoritative, authoritative parenting. So this type of parenting has a high amount of structure, a high amount of rules, a high amount of discipline, but it also has a high amount of consideration for the kid's feelings. So in authoritative parenting, for example, if your teenager showed up 15 minutes late for curfew, then if you were an authoritative parent, you would have a conversation with your teen about this. You would say, listen, you were 15 minutes late. Why were you 15 minutes late? you know what time curfew is, what happened. You would give that kid a chance to explain why they were 15 minutes late. And then since you're an authoritative parent, you would still enforce that boundary and you'd say, listen, you were late. So what do you think is a fair consequence, right? There needs to be a consequence for this. So what would that be? And it would be a mutual conversation between the parent and the child so that the child would help to come up with that consequence. And then the parent would make sure that consequence was enforced. Okay. Um, so authoritative parenting, it's very collaborative, okay? But there's also really strong boundaries and there are also really clearly defined rules and roles and expectations. So the third type of parenting now is called permissive parenting. And permissive parenting, if you're a permissive parent, you would be the type of parent who would say, like, if you do that again, I'm gonna take away your tablet but the kid doesn't stop doing what they're doing and the parent never takes away the tablet, right? If you don't stop that, I swear this time, I'm really gonna, you're really gonna get grounded this time, but the grounding never happens. The consequence never happens. There's just always a threat of a consequence, but there's never any enforcement of these consequences. There's never any follow through, any follow through, right? So if you are a permissive parent, then you probably will make rules, but you don't enforce them. You probably avoid giving your kids any type of consequences. And a lot of divorced parents transition into permissive parenting following their separations, okay? So even if you were not a permissive parent before and then you went through a separation, a lot of the time people will transition into this more permissive parenting style when they become a single parent. Because a lot of the time, the single mom or the single dad becomes afraid that if they hand out consequences, their kids are going to end up hating them. And they don't want that because they only see their kids less than full time. So this is one place that Disneyland parenting comes from. If you've ever heard of the term like Disneyland dad or Disneyland mom, uh, basically where these parents, all they're doing is like buying their kids stuff and driving them everywhere and flying them on vacations and doing all this stuff. And they're more like a friend than a parent. Okay. This is permissive parenting. Uh, this is where like divorced dads just turn into ATM machines and divorced moms just turn into ATM machines and they can get really wimpy when it comes to their kids if they're permissive parents. So this Disneyland parenting phenomenon usually comes as a result of guilt and it's very, very, very common in step families and in divorced parents, okay, or separated parents. Um, 
more often than not, following a separation, at least one parent is going to turn into a permissive parent after that separation. Okay. So the problem with being a permissive parent is that your kids learn that they don't have to respect you or any of your household rules, if you have any household rules, because why would they, right? Like, why would they? If your kids learn that, like, if they beg long enough, if you implement a consequence and they're like, please, please, please can I have it back? 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 Blah, 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 Enough to make you go crazy so that you finally just give in to them and give them back their tablet if that's what got taken away. Then you revoke that consequence, right? Maybe you'll revoke their grounding if they sulk long enough or tell you that they hate you, okay? Uh, maybe they tell you you're the worst parent in the whole entire world and then you turn around and buy them a new car because you want to buy that love back. Okay. This is permissive parenting. And the problems here that stem from permissive parenting is that often these kids end up not doing well in school because they're not expected to follow any type of structure. They can always dance around it. They always get away with it, right? There are often behavioral problems that come into play with permissive parenting. Um, a lot of the time, this comes from the fact that with permissive parenting, important needs like sleep, AKA bedtimes, nutrition, AKA eating structured meals and fruits and vegetables and not just straight junk food and pizza and chicken nuggets. Like often these are kind of like the default, right? Because you don't want to fight with your kids. You just want to give them what they want in permissive parenting. And the intentions in permissive parenting are good. It's like, I love my kids so much. I don't want them to hate me and I just want them to have a good life. Okay. Uh, so, and I want to preface by saying like, I'm not judging anyone's parenting style whatsoever. I'm the last person in the world who has a leg to stand on about, about, about parenting judgments, right? Uh, I'm just telling you what the research says. That's it. So, um, anyway, with permissive parenting, with kids who are, who are raised with permissive parents, um, you know, they don't do necessarily do that well in school because they don't necessarily have to follow any type of structure at home. So following a structure in another institution feels weird. Uh, there are usually behavioral problems, like I said, because they don't get enough sleep because they're not expected to go to bed on time. They don't eat properly. They almost always are overtired and undernourished. They're more likely to have things like a bunch of cavities and suffer a bunch of health issues like obesity or type two diabetes because there's no structure, right? There's no structure. There's lots of love, right? There's lots of good intended love, but there's no structure. So that's permissive parenting. And the fourth and final type of parenting style is the uninvolved parent. Okay. So uninvolved parenting would be exhibited in ways like if you don't ask your kid how their day went or you don't ask about their homework, like ever, we're talking ever, not like once a week, but like ever, you never are involved in that. Uh, maybe you never show up at their hockey games. You never show up at their soccer games. You don't give a shit about their piano recitals. Uh, you never know who, what kind of friends that they're with or where they are. Um, so this type of parenting has very little structure, very little rules, very little responsibility, and also has a low amount of affection or support to the child. So this type of parenting, basically uninvolved parenting, uninvolved parents basically expect kids to raise themselves. So long-term consequences of uninvolved parenting include things like the kids don't do well in school because nobody's at home cheering them on or helping them do their homework or making sure they're doing their homework or going to bed on time or doing anything kids need to do to do well in school. 
Uh, often these kids also have a really low self-esteem because our attachments when we are children are first to our parents. So if we don't form that attachment between our parents, then we don't learn how to form safe attachments with other people. And in turn, our self-esteem plummets because we feel so unlovable because the people in the world who are supposed to love us the most, who are our parents, don't love us. So this really fucks with our heads. Um, and often that a result of that is that you turn into a person who gets into really toxic relationships because you're just looking for somebody to love you, anybody to love you because you feel like you haven't been loved your whole entire life. Okay. So if I asked you which of these four parenting styles, as I've explained, which of these four parenting styles do you think supports kids to reaching their best outcomes into adulthood? Okay. So the styles again were authoritarian or high rules, low love. Authoritative was type two, which is high rules and high love. Permissive was the third one, which is low rules, but high love. And then uninvolved, which is low rules and low love or low support. Okay. So if you guess number two, authoritative parenting, you would be correct. Okay. So this is the type of parenting style that has shown the best outcomes in kids. And research has demonstrated this over and over and over and over again, that kids who have authoritative parents, parents who raise children with an authoritative style, lots of rules, lots of consequences, lots of discipline, but lots of love. Okay. These kids often, not always, but often turn out to be the best kids and the best adults. Best is relative. I know that. However, this is what the research says. Okay. So one of the reasons that kids who are raised with authoritative parents do so well in life and that they have the best outcomes in, into adulthood is because they've been held responsible for their actions, but they also develop autonomy and they realize that they are still in control of their lives. Their parents are guides right? These kids learn to take responsibility for themselves, for their own lives. And they realize that what they have to say matters. So this type of parenting style helps kids to practice examining their behavior. It helps to teach them that they are responsible for the consequences of their actions and that they will be held accountable to those consequences. And it helps to teach them that boundaries are meant to be respected, Okay. But it doesn't take away the person that they are inside. They're not being told to do things because I said so. They are having to work through this. And three-year-olds do have the capacity to help you figure out what type of consequence matches the behavior. Okay. Uh, so one reason that it's especially important, especially important for stepchildren or kids from separated homes, two-parent home or two houses. One reason that it's so important for stepchildren to be raised in by authoritative parents is this. Okay. Research has shown that all kids, but especially kids who have had their parents separate and go back and forth between homes, these kids have damaged self-esteem as a result of their parents' separation. So these kids, more than every other kid, more than most other kids, need a high level of structure as well as a high level of love, okay? So in other words, according to the research, in order to have the best outcomes in adulthood, kids will thrive when they have a high level of love 
and a high level of boundaries that get enforced. So in my 12-week group coaching program in your stepmom story, we spend a module creating an authoritative parenting plan so that you and your partner can get on the same page and implement family rules, family roles, family responsibilities, and also take a look at how you can foster that atmosphere where the kids recognize the adults are in charge, my dad and my stepmom or my mom and my stepmom or whatever blend that your family is. These people are the heads of the household, okay? I have expectations that I'm supposed to meet, but I'm still a person and I still have a voice and I'm still respected, okay? This is so important. This is so important. If you don't have family rules, roles, and responsibilities laid out in your step family, then there's probably a good chance that somebody is not happy, if not everybody is not happy. Because if you don't know what your expectations are, how do you know what you're supposed to meet? Um, so I, needless to say, I'm a firm believer in authoritative parenting. I do my best to raise my son in an authoritative manner. Okay. And there's a ton of research to back this up, but again, no parent is perfect. No parent is perfect. We do the best we can until we know better. And then we do better. Right. So if you've never heard of these things before, if you've never heard of parenting styles, if you had no idea there was even any other way to parent than the way you were parented, then I'm glad that you're here listening to this. So back to the original question that was asked about spanking, uh, like I said, I recognize that you're probably frustrated with your stepchildren's behavior, right? Maybe you're frustrated that there's a lack of responsibility either on their part, maybe on your partner's part, right? Like maybe he's a permissive parent and you're probably, your intentions behind asking this question about spanking are probably good intentions, right? You're probably just really hoping to help your stepkids develop into responsible, productive members of society. Uh, and if you're like most stepmoms, then you've probably tried speaking up about this, right? You've probably tried speaking up about, you know, like they need to help out around the house and, and like, I need help. I can't do everything. Like just because I'm the stepmom doesn't mean it's my responsibility to do everything. I just need them to do their homework and hang out. Like I just need, I need some help, right? I need some effing help. Uh, but maybe your concerns are falling on deaf ears, right? Maybe your partner, like I said, he just doesn't want to piss his kids off or push them away, right? Maybe he doesn't want to give them rules or consequences because like we chatted about in the permissive parenting style, a lot of parents who have separated don't want, don't want to hurt their kids. They don't recognize that by giving firm boundaries and firm expectations that this will produce the best outcome, especially for kids who come from separated homes. So, you know, if you're like most stepmoms, then, uh, you know, maybe you've tried saying something, you're falling on deaf ears. Maybe this results in you like stuffing your feelings down, stuffing your frustrations down. Maybe it just is resulting in you getting more and more and more angry and upset and feeling like F this, why am I here? Why am I doing this? Uh, maybe you're coping with the discomfort of your life by reaching to food or drinking a bottle of wine every single night. But you know, if nothing changes, if you're not being heard, if nothing is changing, if there are no structure, if there's no structure in your household, then eventually what happens is most stepmoms, most stepmoms start to slowly layer on resentment after resentment after resentment, right? And over time, when you layer on all of these resentments and you feel like nobody's listening to you and you feel like you're all alone and you're fighting this losing battle, right? Then eventually what happens is that you start to erode the relationship that you have with yourself because you're not being taken seriously by anyone, okay? It feels like 
nobody respects you and you just stop speaking up for what you want because it's just easier than getting into a fight every freaking day about this. But what happens then is that you're not, now you're not in integrity with who you are. Now you're not in integrity with who you are and what your values are. And when the relationship that you have with yourself, when you're not in integrity with yourself, then you're probably going to start to misdirect this anger or, and this frustration toward other people, like your stepkids, their mother, your partner, your coworkers, the dog, like whoever. So in other words, a ton of stepmoms, a ton of stepmoms have this complaint that they feel invisible or unappreciated in their houses. A ton of stepmoms have this concern that they don't have a say, they don't have a voice. And the reason that this fucking sucks so badly, the reason that this makes us feel all types of way is because we want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to be recognized. We want to be accepted. And when that doesn't happen, when you feel like your partner isn't listening to you, when you feel like your stepkids don't respect you, when you feel like your stepkids' mom doesn't respect you, this feels terrible, right? It feels terrible because you know that you are worthy of being loved and respected and heard and seen and validated in your home. You know that you are worthy of having a say in how your household is run, okay? Now, that there's a but. If your response to having your stepkids do what you say, if you think that that, the answer to that or the solution to that is spanking them, if you think that's your only option, I want to explore this with you. Okay. But first I'm going to tell you a story. So when I first met my husband, Seamus, uh, we'd been dating for like a handful of months and things were starting to get serious. Uh, and I hadn't met his son yet by this point when the day when the story takes place hadn't met his son yet so one night we were sitting around a campfire and we were doing that fun thing at the beginning of relationships where you sit and talk for hours about how you grew up and the experiences that shaped you as a person and I still remember this moment like vividly it's like burned in my memory so Seamus was sitting across the campfire and the stars were out and I was all doe-eyed and love-struck, right? Like that fun honeymoon, early stage relationship. And we started talking about, you know, like how we were raised and parenting and all that kind of stuff. So I want to preface by saying that when I tell you that Seamus and I could not have been raised more differently than we were raised, I am not exaggerating. Like genuinely, we were parented on polar opposite ends of the spectrum. We had a lot of similar experiences on an emotional level, but the fundamentals of our upbringing were polar opposites. So this translated into a lot of resentment on my part when I saw firsthand how he raised his son because I was not raised anywhere in the realm of how Seamus raises my stepson. Okay. So trust me when I say to the person who as who has asked me this question, trust me when I say that I completely understand the frustration of not seeing eye to eye with your partner about how he or she chooses to raise their kids. Okay. So anyway, back to the past, back to the past. So it's this beautiful starry night and there's this light of this campfire is, you know, licking Seamus's face and the wood is crackling and we're all, I'm all in love and warm and happy and 
So I asked him, I asked him if he was spanked when he was a kid, okay, or ever. And he told me, no. I was like, what? Like my eyes literally just about popped out of my head and rolled into the campfire. Like, what? Like you had never been spanked? I said, Seamus, you've never been spanked. Not one time. He's like, no. I'm like, what? Not one time. You were never spanked when you were a kid. He's like, no. I was like, what the fuck? Like people don't, what? So anyway, the inevitable next question was, I asked him if he spanked his son. So I hadn't met his son yet at this point. Never met him yet. And I didn't know much about how Seamus parented, right? So I asked him, do you spank your son? And it was funny when I asked him, I, this, I still remember his face, like his react, he was almost offended that I had asked him if he spanked his son. He was like totally taken aback. And he's like, no, I've never spanked my son and I never would. That's not okay, he says. I was like, what? Like I was totally floored. I was completely floored that my husband Seamus had never been spanked. I was genuinely until that moment had never known that other parents didn't spank their kids like other than maybe one person like my my longtime best friend who I lived with when I was 18 didn't spank her kids either but like other than those two I was like you guys are the only exception in the whole entire world for this so I think this is just totally bizarre right used to think this was bizarre used to okay uh like I thought getting spanked was just a rite of passage in childhood I think you know like you fuck up you get a swat to the ass if you fuck up real bad, you get some really good swats to the bare ass, right? And if you're lucky, you're not going to have a red hand-shaped welt on your ass for however long, right? So here I am, here I am looking at this man over a campfire and I was like, what the fuck? Like, what? What? So I literally said back to him, I literally said back to my husband, I was like, so how do you make your child do what you tell him to do. How do you make your kid do what you tell him to do if you don't spank him? Pay attention to that question. Pay attention to that verbiage. How do you make your kid do what you tell him to do if you don't spank him? Anyone? So what type of parenting, based on what we talked about, what type of parenting would this be? This would be authoritarian parenting. Does this produce a good outcome into adulthood? No, it does not. So based on the question that I've been asked by the stepmom who asks basically, do I have the right to spank my stepkids? It would appear on first blush, it would appear that she shares a similar mentality to that version of me who was sitting around this campfire six plus years ago. So I very literally used to believe that it was a parent's job to make their children submit to them. Follow all the rules, do what I say when I say to do it, or I'll rip your arm off and beat you with it, right? My dad literally used to say that, I'll rip your arm off and beat you with it, okay? (laughs) Anyway, I'm gonna give you something to chew on here that might put things into perspective. So just say, for example, your husband, asked you to clean the kitchen up after dinner and you said I'm gonna have a shower and then I'll clean up okay Uh, like I'm not gonna do it right now I'll do it later but I'm not gonna do it right now so your husband says clean the kitchen you say I'll do it later and imagine your husband's response to that because you said you would do it later imagine he hit you because of that right he'd be facing an assault charge 
So what makes it okay if your kids don't clean up when they, when you tell them to, what makes it okay for you to fucking hit them? If you went back to school to like get your master's degree and you get home from school and your husband said, sit down, do your homework. You've got your thesis to do, but maybe you had plans to do something. Maybe you just needed to decompress from the day. Maybe you wanted to have a snack, right? But your husband's saying, sit your ass down and do your homework. And you're like, I'll do it in a bit. Like, I'm going to get to it. I just need some time. And imagine you said, I'll do it later. And he fucking hit you because you said no. He'd be going to jail, right? He'd be getting an assault charge for that. So what the fuck makes it okay for us to hit our kids because they're not listening? Like, there's no difference. It's worse. It's worse because they're fucking kids. Your brain is not even developed until you are 25 years old. So you're going to hit someone who doesn't have a developed brain for not listening to you? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what makes it okay? What makes us think it's okay to fucking hit our kids? Like, this is fucked up. This is fucked up. And I used to believe in spanking. Okay? I used to believe in spanking. So like at my question for you then is like, at what point does this phenomenon, this phenomenon that we accept as spanking, as disciplining our parents, our kids, at what point does this phenomenon become not okay anymore? Right? Like at what point does this transition over and become a chargeable criminal offense? So like, is it okay to hit your kids until they turn 16? Because as soon as they're older than 16, if you hit your kids, they'll call the police and you'll go to jail, right? Is it okay to hit your kids until they're 10? Because after they're 10, they might involve the authorities, right? Is it okay to hit a three-year-old for not listening when three-year-olds don't even have the fucking cognitive capacity to regulate their emotions, so you're just going to beat them into fucking submission? Like, that's fucked up. That's fucked up. So how fucked up is it that there's more legal enforcement for an adult who got beat outside of a bar than there is protection for our children whose brains are not even developed yet? Because there's this societal hush-hush that thinks it's okay to fucking hit our kids to make them do what we tell them to do when we say to do it. So if my 50-year-old neighbor... If my 50-year-old neighbor came over and colored on my walls and I bent her over and smacked her on the ass, you better believe I'd be fucking going to jail. Right? So again, our brain, a human brain is not even finished developing until the age of 25. So this means if you are an adult who chooses to spank and abuse your children, you are placing some really complex, tangled little trauma pockets inside of those developing brains. And if you think that you can spank your kids and that there won't be repercussions from this, you are dead, 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 dead wrong. Trust me. Everybody trusts someone who says, trust me, but trust, fucking trust me. And if you're saying, if your argument is like, well, I got spanked when I was a kid and I turned out okay, so I'm gonna spank my kids. My response to you is that you most definitely did not turn out okay because you think it is okay to hit children. Hitting children is not fucking okay. Ever, ever, period, ever. It's not fucking okay. So I could go ahead and share all of the research that's been done that shows you know the complex psychological damage that occurs when children are abused, but most people who spank their kids are probably tuned out by now. 
right? Or they can roll their eyes at me and think they know better or think I'm a fucking bitch or whatever the hell they want to say, that's fine. I can take it because somebody's got to say spanking is not fucking okay because it's not. Beating your kids is not fucking okay. Hitting other people is not okay. We don't need to hit each other. We don't need to use violence with each other. Come on, people. So to the stepmom who asked this question and any other parent who thinks that spanking is an acceptable punishment, what you are grappling with here isn't a matter of spanking. This is not a matter of spanking. This is a matter of you feeling out of control in your home and feeling like the only way to regain that control is by exercising power and abuse to make these children submit to you. And if you feel like you need to regain control by exercising power and abuse, then I'm going to go out on a limb and say there's some much deeper rooted issues here, some much deeper rooted experiences that you've had in your own life that have shaped your beliefs to get to that place, right? And you would owe it to yourself to take a look at that and heal that. You owe that to yourself. You owe it to your children. You owe it to your stepchildren to take a look at who hurt you so you can heal it and not hurt them. So if you were a member of your stepmom story, we would take a look at these deep-rooted experiences that you have had. We would take a look at these underlying layers of your life that have created these beliefs. We would take a look at the reasons like why does your stepfamily feel so overwhelming in the first place, right? Why is your stepfamily so complicated in the first place? Why is it triggering you so badly in the first place that these kids don't do chores or homework? Okay, and we would work out some solutions for you because nobody deserves to feel this frustrated in their own home. And I recognize that your thought to reach to spanking is just a maladaptive coping mechanism because you're trying to get some control back, okay? Because you feel out of control, making an assumption, but like, we're not supposed to feel that way in our houses. We're not supposed to want to avoid our houses. Our homes are supposed to be our sanctuaries, okay? So like, just as a little bit of a tangent, if nobody believes me, or not that, it just is a little bit of a tangent. I remember seeing one of my sisters get spanked by our dad when I was probably, I was probably five or six years old. And it was absolutely traumatizing to see someone I loved so much, my little sister, who could not have been any older than four years old, bent over my six foot three, six foot four gigantic father's knee with her pants around her ankles, getting fucking smacked on the ass. Okay. I was traumatized. I was traumatized. You still see it. I can still see it in my mind. Me watching this happen to my sister. Okay. Your parents are supposed to love you and protect you. Our job, our responsibility as parents is to love and protect our children. We're not supposed to fucking beat our kids, okay? You are not supposed to be the person who loves them and beats them. No, 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 okay? Uh, so like a whole lot of maladaptive behavior uh, behaviors, a whole lot of maladaptive coping mechanisms are going to stem from kids who are being, who have been, or will be, or are abused. Okay. Like if they're lucky, they're going to spend their entire adult lives working these things out and pulling these out and like joining programs like the stepmom story and pulling these out so that they can live a, a life where they don't feel like shit about themselves every single day. Right. If they're not lucky, if they're not lucky, if they don't do things like that, then they're going to spend a lifetime numbing out with drugs or alcohol or getting into abusive relationships or numbing out with eating disorders or all of the above. Okay. So like for me, 
It looked like getting into some really fucked up abusive relationships. It looked like a lot of numbing out with alcohol. It looked like a lot of really severe self-esteem issues. Okay? So I'm probably going to ruffle some feathers here. I probably already have, but I don't, like I said, I don't give a shit because it has to be said. If you think it's okay to hit kids in order to make them do what you tell them to do, you need professional help, full stop. Okay? And you deserve to heal from this abuse that you probably experienced as a child. And your children deserve to live in a home where their physical and emotional safety is not in jeopardy. If you think that your job as a parent is to make your kids do what you say when you say to do it, I would really encourage you to do some research. And research is not putting a poll out into a free Facebook group, okay? Research is looking to peer-reviewed journals, credible sources, people with letters behind their name. They publish research. So like the intention, the intention that I have here by telling you not to hit your kids is not to make you feel guilty or ashamed or angry at me or whatever you want to feel. It's not supposed to bring up anything that makes you angry at yourself. Okay. Abuse is generational. Abuse is cyclical. We do it because our parents did it because their parents did it because their parents did it. Okay. Um, like my dad beat us because his dad beat him, Right. And I'm sure my grandpa's dad beat him. And I'm sure his dad beat him, right? Um, but my dad, who was beaten severely as a child, died as a homeless IV drug addict when he was in his early 40s. And he got beaten, right? He did what his dad told him to do when his dad told him to do it. And he still turned out as a drug addict who lived on the streets until he died. So if you think that exercising power and control is a way to make your kids turn into upstanding members of society, you are wrong. Okay, there is a better way. And we do the best we can until we know better. And when we know better, we do better. So I'm going to say this again. Parenting is not about power and control. It has nothing to do with power and control. And I don't care if you're a step-parent or a biological parent or some variation, version, mishmash of all of the above. If you are a parent, a guardian, if you are an aunt, if you are an uncle, if you are a grandparent, I don't care what your parent's status is. It is never okay to hit children. Ever. Period. The end. Never, 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 not once is it okay. And if you already have, it's not too late to stop. Okay? It's not too late to stop. And if you're in this like pre-contemplation phase or you don't have like the stepmom who asked this question or maybe you don't have kids yet, but you've thought that when you had them, you would spank them. For the love of God, I am begging you not to hit your kids. I'm begging you not to hit your stepchildren. And like not to mention to the person who asked this question, if their parents are against spanking and you spank those kids, there will probably be police involved, right? As there should be, as there should be. Like every kid should be protected from being hit in their home. Every person, every man, woman, and child should be protected from being hit ever. We don't need to hit each other to get what we want. We don't need to kill each other to get what we want. Okay. So like I said, as human beings, we always do the best we can with what we've been given. Abuse is cyclical, gets passed on through generations. But what an absolutely beautiful choice to be given to be able to be that person. You get to be that person who ends a damaging cycle like abuse. You get to be that person. What an absolutely powerful, amazing, incredibly fierce 
position to take to say, I was the person who broke this cycle of whatever it is, poverty, abuse, addiction, whatever, whatever cycle has been plaguing your history. Okay. What an absolutely beautiful space to be able to occupy, to say, I am the person who said, just because this is the way it's always been done, doesn't mean I'm going to be the person to do it. And I'm going to choose a better way. What a fucking powerful space to be in. What a powerful choice to make to be the one who breaks the cycles. Uh, now I get to say, now I get to say I was the person who broke this cycle so that my son and his children, if he chooses to have children and their children, if they choose to have children could grow up in a home where their physical safety was not in jeopardy by the people who were supposed to love them the most. If we continue to do things in our society as they've always been done, we'd still be living in caves and eating raw animals. There's a better way. There's a better way and you get to choose a better way. You get to break these cycles. You get to give your kids, you get to give your stepkids a better chance, a better set of tools than making them feel like they have no safety in their homes. So this is what I'm inviting you to do. Spanking is never okay. You can say whatever you want about me. That is okay because somebody has to stand up for the kids and here I am doing it. It's not okay. And I'm a reformed. I used to think spanking was the only option, but it's not. So let me know what you think. Uh, Like I said, this is a very polarizing topic. I'm open to whatever things that people want to say to me about it. I'm open to having a conversation about this with anyone who, uh, who is willing to try. And I'm always open to hearing people's perspectives. And, and this comes from such a place of love. This is passion and love because we don't, we don't need to raise our kids in a world. We don't need to live in a world. We don't need to be people who think that violence is an option. So I will see you next week. Same place, same time. I hope this episode got your wheels turning and showed you just how powerful you are. I would invite you to take 30 seconds and tap subscribe to this podcast. When you subscribe to the podcast, then rest assured you will never miss an episode. And in no time, spinning your wheels will be a thing of the past. Thank you for listening and subscribing. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the absolute world to me if after you subscribed, you jumped on over and left me a five-star review and better yet, a written review. I am on a mission to let every mom and stepmom know that you can create the life of your dreams. And I need your help to change the world. The world needs us. Thank you so much for subscribing and leaving me a five-star review. I will see you next week, same time, same place. For more behind the scenes action and to get really up close and personal with me and our beautiful step family, jump on over to Instagram and follow me at the step queen. Don't be shy. Send me a DM, tag me in your posts, tag me in your stories. Let me know what you're up to and what about the podcast has been blowing your mind. I cannot wait to get to know you better and Instagram is my jam. 
I love you so much. I love you so much. Make it rain, girlfriend. <laughs>